Be like, do you wear a mask at your in your house? You get. I mean, I I do, but it's a different mask. It has more zippers and snaps. Yeah. Everybody understands all their skills and everything, right? Nope, still don't. But whatever. No one's telling me. I'm just gonna have to listen to you. You didn't get anything new. Okay, you hold didn't on. Get anything hold new. on. What do you mean nobody's telling you? We recorded a whole hour episode. Oh no, 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 not that. Not my skills. Not my skills. I can't remember what my sword does. <laughs> so then... Don't make me go rat hole to rat hole. Oh no. <laughs> You fucking forgot. You, you fucking forgot what you were doing, didn't you? <laughs> he, he forgot. Yep. Yep. Okay. Are you logged into Roll20? Yeah, I'm logged in. You, I'm good. you don't log out anymore, do you? All right. <laughs> no, 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 no. Listen, listen, listen. I forgot my password. I had to reset it again today. Uh, but I just can't <laughs> ever let you guys know that. I can't ever come in here unless I'm logged into Roll20. But you just told us. <laughs> <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to the Gimme the Loot podcast, the Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition actual play podcast that just added French to its repertoire of internationally bad accents. Je m'appelle Turner, je serai votre maître dans Donjon et haut au monde jusqu'à ce que je commence mon nouveau travail d'ambassadeur en français. Episode 19, so the guys are back at work, having en encountered a literal roadblock on their way into the southern fins in Hiko. The party has browbeat their way into a mercantile guild contract to go repair a lighthouse, which might just open the way so they can take their newly acquired Winamajo on the road to find their stabilizing agent. Just real quick, before we jump into the episode, if you're a new listener, we really appreciate you joining us. If you're a returning listener, as always, thank you so much. We know there's a bunch of D&D podcasts out there, and we really appreciate you making time for us in your schedule. Please take a moment to head over to whichever podcast platform provides you with your entertainment and rate, review, and subscribe. It makes a huge difference for our visibility. Just a reminder that Gimme the Loot is not a family-friendly show due to a mix of profanity, crude humor, and fantasy violence and gore. Any specific content warnings will be posted in the show notes below. So let's pick back up with Harland as Todd the Tiefling, Andrew as Moyle Mossberg, Jamie as Eldrin Thaneros, Jazz as Fate of Normir, and Anthony as Baba Tunde. As always, hope you enjoy the show. The road to Promontory Point kind of juts off of the a boardwalk that is set up in the dock district. And then from that boardwalk, it goes to a gravel path that winds out about, what did we say, about a, about a two-hour walk? So we're going to say about, are you guys running it or are you walking it? Brisk walk. Brisk walk. <laughs> So after a number of miles, the path narrows to where you guys are walking out into kind of a narrow kind of rock outcropping that kind of juts out into the bay where there's a ocean kind of waters the bay on both sides. So you're, out, you're like out on a little peninsula that kind of juts out into the bay, but it's a natural formation. It's not engineered. It's, it rises up a good 30 feet above the bay and then continues to incline up till by the time that you reach the base of the lighthouse, if you were to look over the cliff, it would be about a 100 foot drop down to the water. The lighthouse itself is uh, fairly standard as lighthouses go. It is a white brick building that if you were guessing from the outside would look to be about 10 stories that is topped with a, what, like from where you're looking, appears to be like an exterior metal walkway around a large glass structure at the top of it. There is a single oaken door banded with steel that leads into it. Mm. Did anyone bring a light bulb? I mean, what the hell's a light bulb? An orb of light? Do we know what light bulbs are? We've got magic. We're good. <laughs> I mean, I have, I can see. I don't have anything to... Well, it would be powered by magic, but it would still be a light bulb, wouldn't it? I, I don't know. Dungeon Master? There, yes, there are light bulbs. Oh, whoa. Oh, Moyle's not an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> They're not necessarily powered by electricity in, in little cases. So it would be like an old school gas bulb, in, depending upon the region. Like down here in this particular city, they have the street lamps that are powered by the natural gas of the fins. So at night when all the street lights come on, 
there's kind of that eerie blue glow from the natural gas flame. But inside the buildings, because there is electricity in this town from a number of different sources, there would be bulbs. But if you were to go up to Newark in some of the mage towers and the mage universities, Newark, it might be a bulb that has like a small little crystal in it. So there's there are light bulbs, but there's a lot of different kinds. And some of them are magically powered. Some of them are mechanically powered. But yes, you would understand the concept of a, a light bulb. They probably got a storage closet full of them anyway. So we don't, <laughs> I don't have anything with this. Just, let's just go inside. Yep. So as you guys walk in the front door, the entire the interior of the lighthouse is circular, as you would expect. I mean, the lighthouses generally are just one kind of one big tower, essentially. And you guys are walking into that basement. So you walk into a wedge-shaped room. You can see a door to the left of you, a door to the right that look like they go into adjoining rooms within the lighthouse. And there is a, a solid metal door directly opposite the entrance that appears to open up to like an inner stairwell, if you had to guess, that is solid metal, doesn't seem to have any hinges, and is, and is currently shut. The other thing, too, is this is a very welcoming room as you walk in. As you kind of step in to the right of the door, you can see like a pegboard with a couple of different hats like a knit cap or a kind of a, a waterproof cap and like a, a Gordon's fisherman jacket hanging out with some with some rubber boots kind of tucked in under kind of like a little mudroom area on the on, on the left side there is a huge rug with two cozy armchairs with a little end table in between them in front of a, a big hearth to the right on the right wall there is a huge tapestry depicting the treaty between the dragonborn and the stilt dwarf that initial agreement where you've got a stilt dwarf wearing his rig that has elevated him to be on eye level with a gold dragonborn shaking hands over a four-sided jewel that's kind of where you're at hmm. so you guys walk in through this door here this is the pegboard to right to the right of the door there's a little welcome mat that says welcome and common for you to kind of scuff your boots off of there's a large rug with the two chairs, the hearth, a door to the left, a door to the right, the door in front of you, and then the tapestry. So, well, uh, I'm going to walk to the door in the middle just to check the door handle, jiggle the handle. There's not a door handle. So, can I push it open? It's, there's no handle. Is, it, is there a door or is it just a doorway? It looks like a, a solid metal door. Like there's a perimeter of banding that's bolted to it, but there don't appear to be hinges where it would swing and there's not a handle. There is a slot in the middle of it that it looks like something could be inserted into, but but that's it. All right. I'm checking underneath the mats, you know. Okay. <laughs> Just everybody sound off real quick what you're doing. Uh, I'm going to go to the fireplace, the hearth. Okay. I- I'm looking under these mats. Okay. I'm watching Todd to see how he hurts himself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where are you standing? Probably about 15, 20 feet away. Let's go with 20 feet away. Just just watching from over his shoulder, like, you know, okay. kind of rear right. This room isn't huge. At the narrow point towards that center door, it's about 40 feet wide at the exterior perimeter okay so then yeah okay 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 so then basically i'm just going to be kind of standing closer to the entry like as close to the entryway as i can but just enough angle to see over his shoulder and see what the hell he's doing this wall is like 80 feet and this is is 40 feet so it it shrinks down to about half size in the center so from the entry to the middle door is about 50 feet so i mean it's a it's a decent sized room but it's not huge yeah oh okay Okay, okay, okay. But you're inside the... Yes. Okay. Yeah. Baba? Oh, I'll check out the tapestry on the right. There's two of them, right? There, there's a tapestry on the right and the fireplaces on the left. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm sorry, Eldrin, what did you say you were doing? I am also hanging back by the entrance to see what Todd is going to eventually kill himself. <laughs> Fate kind of sidles over to Eldrin and kind of gives him that elbow, like little elf and kind of, hey... One gold says he burns himself somehow. You're on. I hear them. Moments after you're inside, the door slams shut to the outside and the fireplace bursts into flame. (laughs) Oh, no. It just kind of lights up and you you all kind of for a second, especially you, Moyle, because you're a little bit hopped up. It's a little bit of a pop scare. So it's that as a roaring fire appears in this large hearth, casting your shadows up against the exterior wall of the lighthouse. But that's that all that happens for a second. Huh. Curious. I'm going to light my cigar. You guys uh, figure out how to change a light bulb. You're the smart ones, right? The dumb one. (laughs) You know, how many people does it take to turn in a light bulb, as they say? 
Hmm. Do they say that? Who said that? I've never heard that saying. All right, I guess I got that one wrong. Is it is it change a light bulb? Yeah, there's there's a lot of different how many gnomes and you know, how many X does it take to change a light bulb joke. They're generally pretty <laughs> pretty racist. Are they? So a lot of people don't tell them anymore. Like how many gnomes does it take to turn a light bulb? One to fist them and the other to... Oh, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> do you get into fisting? <laughs> yeah, that doesn't sound uh, racist. That just sounds sexual. Well, because gnomes have little hands. That's the racist. Wait, is the gnome with us? No, no. I'm just explaining the racist gnome joke in a gnome voice. Oh, okay. I was lost. So is y'all just going to sit back there and just watch this, Todd? You got it, Todd. <laughs> this is what we do it? Yeah, yeah. You looked up. You look under those mats, man. You're doing such a good job. I said I was looking at the tapestry. I ain't waiting on you. I was just waiting for you guys to all declare that you're actually inside inside this place. Yeah. yeah. You, hang on, let me make a roll real quick. Um. Uh. Uh-uh, I don't like that. Stop rolling. So as you guys were standing there watching Todd approach the rug very cautiously, and then like like lift up a corner with his sword, and then jump back, and then scooch up a little bit further, and lift up another corner with his sword, and jump back. Moyle puffing away. Did you light your cigar on the 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 fire in the fireplace, Moyle? Well, I put I put it in my mouth because I was gonna go sit and uh, wait for them at the fireplace and wait for them to f- fix things. I just assume it didn't get done because of bureaucratic nonsense and all the red tape that's involved. And uh, the uh, jumping fire is what lit my cigar. You guys see your shadows, which are cast against the exterior wall of the lighthouse, step out from the wall and advance on you. Roll initiative. 22. Ooh, they got a nine. 16. Nine for Baba as well. How did I get so high on disadvantage? You're, You're not on disadvantage. disadvantage. But I'm just on disadvantage for initiative? Yeah, just initiative. Okay. You're just moving a little sluggish. So it's uh, Eldrin, Todd, Baba, Fate, Moyle, and then let's roll for the monsters. The monsters get a 13, which puts them after Todd. All right, Eldrin, you are up. So uh, where are they at and where? So yeah, if you're standing in the center of the room, the light from the fireplace casts your shadows back against the exterior wall of the lighthouse and they've stepped off the wall and started to advance towards you. So they would be in between you and the exterior wall of the of the lighthouse. So they'd basically be like directly opposite the fireplace because of the way the light source would have projected them. So they're coming over from the far southeast corner of the room. That's over there by where Bob is at, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's closest to Baba. Okay. And further away from me. So they would be about 80 feet. Is it the 50 feet or? So yeah, it'd be about 70 feet, Todd. Each one of these squares, just assume, is, is about 10 feet. Okay. All right. Can we tell that they're shadow monsters? On your turn, if you want to do some kind of check, I will let you make a roll to see if you can figure out what they are. Oh, okay. Do so they all look the same? They each look like one of your shadows. So there's like an Eldrin-shaped shadow, a Baba-shaped shadow, a Todd-shaped shadow, a Moyle-shaped shadow, and a Fate-shaped shadow. Well, shit. Uh, let's see. I'm going to go put Hunter's Mark on the Todd-shaped shadow. All right. Your glowing red arrow appears above it. And then I'm going to fire. And I rolled a 27. Yes, that will hit. So 27 with Hunter's Mark, and I get an extra attack, right? So do I just do the damage now, or do I... Are you talking about your multi-attack? Yeah. Yeah, so now that you're fifth level with multi-attack, yes, you're, when you do the attack action, you you still have one attack action. There's just two attacks within your attack action, basically. So Right, but I still have to roll twice for attack, right? Yeah, yeah, you still got to roll twice, yeah. Okay, yeah, so, okay, so I'll do uh, damage, I guess, on the first one, and then I'll roll the second one. That's a nine, and then a four for the hunter's mark, and then I guess I'll roll the hit. 17 on the second one. Yeah, both of those, that will hit. So what was the damage from the first one? Uh, the first one was a 13 total, and, oh, Jesus, a one. So another six. Another six, but you were shooting all, both attacks at the same one. Yep. Okay, so both of those hit. You draw back your first arrow and it hits. Yeah, the first arrow is going to hit the shadow in the leg. And then your second attack, call your shot. <laughs> My second attack, I aim straight for his head, and uh, I watch as it completely splits uh, right down the center. Yeah, the shadow kind of poofs into and disappears. That brings us to Todd the Tiefling. All right. At, at 70 feet away, I can get close. I can get into attack range with my first action and then try to make an attack, right? Is it? 
Well, do you, can you use both cunning action to dash? Mm-hmm. Okay, so you could dash with your cunning action. With with your increased speed would let you move 90 feet. So you can use cunning action to dash and then do your regular attack. Or just hand crossbow him from here. Yes, that would be your other option. I will hand crossbow from here. All right, roll to hit. If he gets close to me, then I'll hit him. A 13. Which one are you shooting at? I'm shooting at the fate one. Okay. You hit with your hand crossbow. Yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm kneecapping him. Kneecapping him, the shadow with this one. <laughs> All right. You pull your hand crossbow out, level it at his kneecap, fire, and it seems to stick into the squishy, shadowy substance that makes up shadow fate. How much damage does it do? It hits for 10. For the hand crossbow? Jesus. I thought, jeez. Fucking ridiculous. All right. That brings us to the baddies. Yep. The monsters. Each one of them advances on the version of themselves. At first, it looks like they're walking across the floor. On a closer look, they're actually elevated a little bit. And even though they may be doing a walking motion, they are darting across, kind of flying in, in this odd kind of Titan skate manner. And they are able to reach each of you. Ex- except me. Yeah, the Todd one is dead. So only Moyle, Fate, Eldrin, and Baba are getting attacked here. You're welcome. Moyle, one shadow uh, swings at you, but it was expecting you to have stood up out of the armchair and just swipes over uh, your head and misses completely. (laughs) Oof. Fate. (laughs) (sighs) Hmm. Yours approaches into melee range and you see it bring its hand forward. It does the same similar hand movements that you do when you cast Thunder Wave. Oh, no. But it isn't actually casting Thunder Wave. It's just mimicking what your motions would have been. And at the end of the hand pattern, it shoves its hands into your chest. And with a nat 20, you're going to take... That's too many dice. Uh, he rolled like crap. Oh, thank God. 13 points of necrotic damage, and you feel your strength ebb a little bit, and your strength is reduced by four. My strength is reduced by four? Yes. Your strength has been oh. drained as your shadow seems to be seeping God. your life out of you. Okay. Then that brings us to Eldrin. Your shadow approaches within melee range, but then mimics the drawing back of a bow, but when he, instead of letting go, he brings his fist forward and kind of smashes into your chest and you take 12 points of damage as you feel your life being pulled out of you and your strength drops by one point. And then Baba, yours swings out at you with a shadowy Yikola and completely whiffs. And then that brings us to your turn. I will retaliate and I'm, I'm very angry about being mimicked. I don't, I don't like the idea of someone taking my form. So I'm going to rage. It's, it's in melee range, correct? Yes, correct. Yeah, it advanced yeah. up to you. And so I will just retaliate with my new Asatar Yikola. And roll a nat one for the very first attack with my brand new goddamn weapon. (laughs) Congrats. Get it started. You got to break them in. You got to break these weapons in. They don't just... Breaking it in. Breaking it in. The weight's off. I'm not used to something this light. It's not not jelly whippy, but you know what? I've been practicing, so I'm going to use the second attack. (laughs) Somewhere in Taliesin across the country, the Asatar raises his head and goes <laughs> and just shakes it. And it goes back to crafting what appears to be the beginnings of a strange cod piece. <laughs> Second attack. There we go. <laughs> I roll a 26 on the next attack. That will absolutely hit, yeah. <laughs> For 13 points of damage. Okay. In my confidence, I was like, I really thought I could kill it in one hit. So I just tried to skewer it in the chest and uh, run it through all the way. It takes a, a pretty good hit, but you were able to kind of get a glance at the other shadows and they seem so somewhat wispy, but this one definitely seems to have a little bit more substance. As you stab, stab into it, there's a little bit of like a, a spongy re- resistance to your, your attack. So that brings us to fate. First thing, fate seeing Baba skewer the shadow so mildly. Nice stab, cuz. 
(laughs) So the question is, how close together are all of these shadows? Oh, not very. You guys established you were pretty spread out as a group and they're all in front of you individually. So yours is right in front of you. You and Eldrin established that you were kind of standing next to each other in the center of the room. So yeah. Right next to each other. Right. I'll say you guys are facing that same direction. So I say you guys are kind of right next to each other. Moyle's on the west wall. Baba's on the east wall. So what are you trying to do? So let's say if I were to put like a stick that's about 40 foot long between myself, who who all would I be able to hit if I were to swing that thing around? What are you doing? Are you lightning bolt? What are you doing? N- no, no. I'm thinking about fireballing the whole room. Or at least a good portion of the room. And what's the what's the radius on Fireball? It's a 20-foot radius, so a 40-foot diameter. Uh, yeah, so you would be able to either get Baba's and yours and Eldrin's or Moyle's and yours and Eldrin's. Right. So you can get three out of the four. So here's the question. If I go for Mime, Eldrin, Moyle's, doesn't that catch Todd in it? Unless you're spell-shaping around him, yeah. Okay. So if you go for yours, Eldrin, and Moyle's, you're catching Moyle, Todd, you, and Eldrin in it. If you go for Baba's, you're catching Baba, you, and Eldrin in it. Baba's got his under control, so I'm gonna go for I'm gonna go for the full Mozzie over on the on the left side of the room. Oh boy, since uh, so you're gonna go for the two in front of you, and then the one that's over in front of Moyle. Correct. All right. Oh boy. Fate, seeing that there's shadows being, you know, created from this fire and knowing that, you know, shadows go away and the light realizes there's only one way to really get some good light in this room is to get some really, really big fire. So he summons up his fire bolt in his hands and then he kind of does the hand signs for it again and it grows and he does it again and it grows and then he condenses it down and just throws it right into the middle of the floor and explosion goes off that wraps around him, avoiding himself, avoiding Eldrin, avoiding Moyle, and avoiding Todd. All right, so 37 damage? Yes, to everything that fails at DC 16. All right, so you vaporize, (laughs) even at half damage you're vaporizing these things, you vaporize the one in front of you and Eldrin, and the one in front of Moyle, and the rug, and the two armchairs, and the end table, and the mantle above the fireplace, not the logs in the fireplace, and you get the welcome mat. Mm. So there's this massive explosion of fire on the west side of the room. 80% of the furniture in this place is destroyed, (laughs) as well as those, uh, those, those shadows. And there is a blast pattern of char on the the cobblestone from your fireball. Moyle, your move. (laughs) There are some that are still alive, right? One. Baba's is still alive, yes. And how close is it to me? You guys are pretty much on opposite sides of the room, but you're closer towards that center pillar. So I'm going to say 40 feet since you guys were, you were in front of the fireplace. Baba's in front of the tapestry. Do I realize it's a shadow creature? Give me either a religion check or an arcana check. You got a four. Uh, you got a nat one on your religion. You said and an arcana check? Let me try an arcana check. You don't, you don't get to do both. <laughs> <laughs> right. I said either or for a reason. 16. <laughs> I got a four on religion, but my religion is about, you know, debauchery. It's not the most religious religion. Although I take it very seriously. <laughs> you leaned into that skill instead of the Arcana skill. So you, it, it's an either or. It wasn't a both. Well, I'm taking the either Arcana. <laughs> uh, no, and then I I'm got sorry. a 16. I'm sorry. With your nat one, you think that you're actually fighting real duplicates of yourself. <laughs> this may be your long lost brothers that you guys have just killed. And you can't believe that you have murdered your family. <laughs> what else do you want to do? I will give you a, another action. I can use, oh, man. Well, because I, I had a thing set up, but if I don't know that they're shadows... You know that they are shadowy duplicates of you. With a nat one on your, what the hell are these things check, that's all that you know. They appear to be shadowy duplicates of you. Well... You do know they flew, and that's pretty much all you know. I'm going to cast Daylight. Daylight is a 60-foot radius sphere of light that spreads out from a point you choose within range... The sphere is a bright light and sheds dim light for an additional 60 feet. If you choose a point on an object you are holding or one that isn't being worn or carried, the light shines from the object and moves with it. Cool. You can see that the remaining one does appear to diffuse a little bit to where it looks less solid and it will have disadvantage on its attack rolls going forward, but it doesn't disappear. Where are you casting the spell centered on? 
So you could do it dead center. You could do it over on the other side by Baba. Dead center. Okay. One, that gives the being that Baba is fighting disadvantage on his attack rolls. It also, you know, when you've got two different life sources hitting a subject, it'll cast two shadows. Mm-hmm. Um, you mm, s- no. <laughs> what? What are you talking about? Double rainbows over here? Well, give me a perception check. Okie dokie. We're going to have to fight more shit, aren't we? 23. You notice that the shadows that have been killed haven't reappeared on the wall, strangely enough, but now a second set of shadows is being projected on this opposite wall created by your sunlight source. They still just appear to be normal shadows. And the thing Bob is fighting does appear to be be weaker. Well, I guess that's all I can do. Yeah, that's your turn. That brings us back to the top of the order. Eldrin. I'm going to move my hunter's mark with my bonus action over to Baba's shadow. And then I'm going to attack it with my longbow. Okay. 26. That will hit. So this one I shoot in... Is it? Is it? Is he facing away from me or is he facing like the same direction? My like... Baba was standing in front of the tapestry examining it. So he would have turned to the south of the of the building as the shadow approached him. So it would have its... its you, you would actually be shooting at it from the side. Okay. Yeah. Then I, I shoot it right in like the the rib cage. Okay. So that's 14. Okay. It sinks in. Is it dead? Nope. This one's still going strong. This one definitely appears to be a little bit thicker than those other shadows. I'm going to use my multi-attack and attack again. This one is a 20. Dirty 20. That's another 9. And two, so 11. Both arrows sink into its rib cage. Yeah. Try to split the first arrow with the second. Close, but now it's just a little bit to the <laughs> left. Mm, so close. Todd, you're up. You're in the exact same position as you were last time. You can use dash as a... A cunning action. As a cunning action to close into melee range and do a sneak attack yep. on the creature since Baba is now engaged with it. He is engaged. That is what I will do. Okay. As I do my quick movements, like woof, woof, like, like a shadow, like a thief in the night as I'm scooting behind people because there's no pillars in there. So I'm just pretending that people are pillars (laughs) as I bounce from person to person before I go in. Roll roll to see whether you hit or not before you finish off this this narrative. Oh, yeah, yeah, I got that. (laughs) 23. Okay, finish it up with a hit. All right. Well, that was... <laughs> so you're darting from person to person. You leap forward. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm leaping forward, going with a 300-style jump with two hands in the air, feet cocked back, and I'm stabbing into the brain, the head of this shadow monster. And how much damage? For 23 damage. No, no. No. 14, right? No, it wasn't 14. It was 13. It was, your math is bad. I, you're 13 plus 1. Oh, I'm looking at... Yeah, I'm looking at your longbow damage. Sorry about that. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah, 14. <laughs> 14. It's still good enough. Uh-huh. You come down and stab it in the head, Todd, and then kind of slowly slide down to the ground because it looks gravely wounded, but it is still up and flexing a little bit. And that will bring us to the monsters. Baba, they're going to lash out at you, or he's going to lash out at you. It does an 18 hit. It does not. So he brings his shadowy extension of his Yikla forward, and you actually manage to parry it with your new ass Yikla. And that brings us over to Baba. I'm going to retaliate, looking to redeem myself from missing before. Since I sidestepped his last hit, I'm going to go for the head this time on the first hit. Try and end it. The old decapitation move. With a 20, you absolutely hit. For 11 damage. It is on death's door. Your Yikula pierces its head and it, it continues to look more and more insubstantial. And that is your turn, oh, Fate. Oh, 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 no, it's not. Oh, sorry. Nope. Not to attack. Goddamn fifth level. <laughs> <laughs> so seeing it's on death's door, I will then, following through on the head swing, come back around to do the no look behind the backstab Yoshimitsu style to end it. <laughs> wow. That will do it. <laughs> Eight more damage. It had three hit points left. So yes, you absolutely Yoshimitsu <laughs> this guy into the void and he poof disappears. So upon slaying that last one, your shadows reappear as cast by the fireplace, as well as a second shadow of shadows as cast by Moyle's light source. Both sets now step off the wall and begin to move towards you. Hey, it's our new mid-show announcements, and they're pretty quick this week. Harlan continues to pop up as a guest on the pop-up film cast, 
So if you'd like to hear more from him, check that guy out. Jamie is one of the core hosts of the Three Angry Gamers podcast for all your video game industry news needs. Jazz and Anthony are on Twitter and links to all of that will be in the show notes below. And that's pretty much it for this week, gang. We're continuing to produce new content for our Patreon. If you'd like to hear more about exactly what's in our bonus content and how you can help support the Party of Five, be sure to hang on for that information at the end of the episode. Thanks. You've all been in a situation where you've got two separate light sources coming at you in that way that it splits your shadow out in two different directions. And that's that's kind of what's happening now is now against the, the kind of the western corner of the room, your shadows step off. On the eastern corner of the room, your shadows step off. These look a little bit punier, and it's absolutely because Moyle's daylight spell is diffusing them a little bit. So they are a little bit more frail than the last batch, but there are twice as many of them to make up for it. Am I about equidistant then from each set of shadows right now? Like, I don't remember where I'm at. The way that I had you guys positioned is Baba was over on the east side of the room with Todd, Moyle closer to the fireplace, and then Fate and Eldrin, you guys kind of in the middle in between the two doors. Okay. So you've got a group of shadows stepping off the wall in the west corner at the exterior of the the lighthouse and another group stepping off the wall on the east corner of the White House. Cool. Then I am going to use my bonus action to move my hunter's mark onto my shadow on the western side. West Eldrin. West Eldrin, yes. Uh, and then I'm going to attack with my longbow. <laughs> when not one, that's a crit. Eldrin, your nat one is a miss. Mm, so I will use my second attack then on the same guy. Okay, 20 will hit. Okay, cool. So nine total damage there. So my miss kind of zips by his ear. I was trying to go for his shoulder and I completely got on the wrong side of his head. And then my hit just pings him right in in the shoulder that I aimed for the first time on the left side. Okay, that does not kill him. So are you telling me your, your crit miss just barely missed him? Well, I was trying for the complete opposite side oh, and oh, I, oh. I missed him on the right side of his oh. head. So yeah. Your crit miss should have bounced that arrow off the wall and hit you in the junk. Hey, man, don't, 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 don't criticize other people's move descriptions there, Todd. You'll get your moment. I, I, I am being conservative. It was, it was fine. Todd, you're up. All right. So you're over on the east side of the building. There is a group of five shadows moving towards you and Baba. Five shadows moving towards us. So th- these are the same shadows like the book before. So there's a guy that looks like me. There's like a party of five moving from this corner to where you and Baba at are right around where the tapestry is. And then there's another party of five that's going to advance. They're close to me. I, they're, they're sneak attack range. What is your swashbuckler sneak attack ability? Rakish audacity. Starting at third level, you don't need advantage on the attack roll. Again, Against a creature, if you are within five feet of it, and no other creatures are within five feet of you, and you don't have disadvantage. So since that's not a one-on-one, no. And they're not, and they're not being attacked right now. Okay, got you. Yeah. So they just stepped off the wall. You and Bob are about twenty feet away. All right. So you can very easily move up and attack, but unfortunately, since there's five of them, you can't pull off the rakish audacity. Okay. All right. So I'm uh, going with the just a, a regular attack of my echo blade. Mm-hmm. Echo is your your sword's name. Echo. Which one are you attacking? Are you attacking? Sh- and we're talking. Oh, the the shadow looks like me. The my, my shadow. Okay, so Todd East is getting attacked. Okay, nineteen will hit. All right, ten damage. Then with my next one, I'm going to do another attack with my offhand. With the offhand, I roll a twenty-three. Okay, that will also hit five. Okay. Okay. With my first one, I'm just going with the quick parry slash like a step back and then jab thrust to the chest. And then on the other one with the backhand, I pull it out with the left hand and go with a slashing attack from right hip to, to left shoulder. Okay. It looks very, very tattered. You can see it's just barely an outline of a Todd at this point. That brings us to Bala. All right. I'm still by the painting. Yeah, the, the tapestry. Yeah, you're right there. So 
Yeah, tapestry. Number. Todd has basically advanced up to this corner and is engaged with the five shadows in that area. Advanced or backed up? Advanced. Oh, shit. I did not mean to move that wall. There you go. Whoa. <laughs> the walls are moving. <laughs> They're in the walls. Not in this room. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Don't read ahead. Don't read ahead. For shadowing. Um, okay, because we're up against shadows. Uh, wow. Uh, You're welcome. <laughs> You're very welcome. Inspiration. Line of the game right there. Can't, can't actually give it to him. Calling it. Yeah. That is play of the game. So I'm going to go over to the fire and try and use like a water skin to pour water on it to try and put it out. It's a large, probably four by six opening on the fireplace. There's a stack of six logs that uh, appear to be just burning fiercely, you know, kind of roaring flame that's that's casting this flickering light throughout the room. You pour your water skin on it, Baba, and it appears to go out and the shadows disappear for a second. But then you hear some sizzling from within the logs and it bursts back into flame and the shadows are back up against the wall and all 10 step off the wall again. Todd, the one that you had stabbed up a whole bunch when it disappeared and came back, now looks like it's healed. Do not shit. Oh, wow. If you want to try something else with the logs real quick, Baba, I will let you take one other kind of interaction with those logs. Stab it. That doesn't sound smart. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on, I'm looking at my, my... I want to use my shield to try and dig the logs out, like onto the floor, like pull them out of the fireplace with my shield. Yeah, give me just a sleight of hand roll to see if you can pull this off without getting a little singed. 16 on the roll. Nice, you needed a 15. So that's, uh, yeah, you are able to get the tip of your shield, kind of wedge down into one and pop it out. And as soon as you pop that first log out of the fireplace and kind of break the formation, you guys can hear a kind of a whisper echo throughout the room. And it's almost like there's a, a breeze that kind of spirals in a little bit. And the flickering illumination from the fireplace dies out because the fire immediately goes out when you pop that one log out and break the formation. And then Moyle's daylight is casting a bright LED-like harshness throughout the room. But shadow's gone. You solved my shadow puzzle. <laughs> is there a noise like when you open a disguised room in Zelda or something? Yeah. Oh wait, no, no, no. Is the I just picked something up from Zelda? Yeah, sorry. Rolling Zelda. No, 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 no. Something like that. (laughs) That's hard. You know, they're like. No, no, no. They're like violin, not human voice. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't take my, my strength being turned, get uh, sucked away. I wasn't going into combat. (laughs) I wasn't wasn't going into combat with them again. Forgot about that. <laughs> As a reminder, so I know fate is at minus four strength right now. And I think Aldrin, you took a, a minus one, correct? Yeah. All right. All right. So you guys are in a uh, largely empty room at this point. Uh, there is still the tapestry, uh, the singed and tattered tapestry, the door to what appears to be the central column of the lighthouse and a door to your west and a door to your east. The door to your west and door to your east look like normal, normal interior wooden uh, iron banded doors. The central door doesn't appear to have hinges. It looks like a solid metal plate set somewhat into the thick interior wall with a metal banding from from top to bottom and around the perimeter with just a a slot right in the middle of it. Fate walks right up to Todd and just stares him in the face. Well, do these doors have locks on them? Because I I, I will try to pick the ones to to the east. Are you going and checking the east or west door? Yes, the east door. The door I should be closest to, right? Yes, it is unlocked. It's unlocked? It is unlocked. Oh, then. So then I'm using, I'm casting uh, thermaturgy so that I can just blast this door open with uh, some pizzazz. You're not gonna kick it? No, I got I got this this spell. I don't get to use spells often, <laughs> so I'm, de- I'm definitely opening this door with some pizzazz. All right, you step back and do that thing that dads do when they're walking up to automatic doors at the grocery store, where they wave their hand like they're force <laughs> opening the grocery store. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I say dads do that because because I fucking do that every time. But my voice gets loud. Open sesame. <laughs> yeah, and if you're like my dad, you'll be like, I got this one. You get the next one, <laughs> which is a door that I actually have to open. And, and it one. pops open and you, you can see some furniture and some, you got uh, You can see a little bit of furniture just from looking in the doorway, but you're going to have to move into it to get a feel for what's actually in there. 
All right. Then, then actually, after I open the door, I say "ladies first into fate. Oh, as he goes, as oh. I tell him, since since he wouldn't come look at me all weird. Fate didn't even hear him. He's checking out the tapestry. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I want to finish checking out the tapestry because that's what I was doing when I got attacked. The tapestry represents a scene from the Treaty of the Fens, which is when the Stiltdorf clans came into an arrangement with the Dragonborn Holds. It shows Boss Jacques, which was the, the leader of the Stiltdorf Consortium at the time of the signing of the treaty, and then a tall golden dragonborn shaking hands over an eight-sided crystal. Over an eight-sided crystal? Hmm. What does the crystal mean? An octahedron? Is, is the eight-sided crystal silver? What color is it? It's hard to tell from the tapestry now that it's been blasted by fire. Some of the colors have faded. Uh, yeah. So it's it's a little hard to see. It's, you know, it might be silver. It might just be gray. Like it may, it may have been, uh, it might have been gilded and that, that has kind of burnt off in the flare of a fireball. Is the handshake between the dragonborn and the dwarf like that of Michael Scott and his boss? You'll have to refresh my memory as to what that... Um, oh, man. I, I'll go look for the picture. <laughs> okay. While Moyle looks up a reference from a 20-year-old sitcom, what are you guys doing? <laughs> no, I'm really curious because I do want to know what that handshake looks like. I'm not, I'm not being an asshole. I'm going to lift up the tapestry and see if there's anything on the wall behind it. No, just wall. All right. And then I'll tell the doorman thank you and flip him a coin for his service and then go on in. I, fo- I follow him. You enter into what looks like a sitting room that's kind of seen uh, better days. So the room is shaped exactly like the first room. It's a wedge-shaped room, more narrow towards the central column of the of the lighthouse and wider on the eastern wall. It, it looks like there's two or three armchairs which are seated around a conversation table, but it looks like they've decayed over time. The, se- the seaming on the chairs is split open. There's stuffing sit out. There's a like a billiards table towards the eastern wall that has been set up and a, a liquor cabinet that has long since been raided and empty and a door to the north. Another interior door that's at wooden and metal metal banded. Mm. Todd asks, uh, Fate, you sure you don't want to firebomb this room too? Um, not at the moment, I don't, but I am going to go <laughs> and try to see if I can find anything in this liquor cabinet. One second. Walks over to the liquor cabinet and starts inspecting. Now you can find a bunch of empty decanters that have been tilted over on their side and, and long since empty. All right. Can I do an investigation on the chair, one of the chairs, to see if there's anything under the cushions? Yeah, give me an investigation roll. 13. All you really find is moldy stuffing. Moyo would like to do an investigation on the tapestry to see if there's anything behind it. Uh, Fate already looked behind it and there wasn't anything there, but if you want to do an investigation on the tapestry, you certainly can. I got a 19. I should now know the name of the two individuals (laughs) who shook hands. You gonna tell the DM what you should know? <laughs> At least the Dragonborn. I told you who the the one name was already. Blink, blink. But if you want to do a history check on the Dragonborn, since you're from the area, I will absolutely let you do a history check on the Dragonborn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this guy doesn't look familiar. <laughs> With your two, that might be your dad. <laughs> You don't have a whole lot of memories of your your parents since you wandered off into the swamp at such a young age, but... Five or six. Yeah, that that might be your dad, for all you know. You do notice there are five dwarven runes knitted into the border that seem to repeat. Okay, uh... What I do an arcana check for that? No, they just there. They are <laughs> twenty. <laughs> Your insight check tells you that they're. Wait, do you read dwarven? There, I read their facial expressions. <laughs> do you read dwarven? Do you speak dwarven? I, I knew a halfling pretty well, <laughs> but they're a little bit smaller. I was like, no. While Moyle tries to figure out whether or not he speaks dwarvish, what are you? What are the rest of y'all doing? I want to do an investigation check on the big door in the room. Okay. Wait. There is that other door to the north up here that you guys haven't yeah. opened yet, and the door to the west as well. You guys haven't gone into this other. Fate was going to head for the north door, but there's that also the door with no hinges, right? That's all we know about it with the slot. Yeah, this is the door with no hinges. Yeah. Okay, I would like to do an investigation check on that door to get a little bit more information from it. Okay. That's a negative. Draconic and common. You're 20 on insight. Moyle tells you that you really should have paid more attention in your basic languages course during your time at the Ralashah's corporate retreat or, or monastery. 
Monastery, yes. Voodoo and monastery just don't go together for me. But yeah, the, but it, it it works a lot more than corporate retreat does. No, it, you're absolutely right. So it's a, <laughs> corporate retreat was thrown out there to make monastery sound better. It's a matter of juxtaposition. <laughs> if you found somebody that spoke to Arvin, you could probably find out what their, those runes are. Who's the smallest person in our group? I feel like it's Fate or Todd. Oops, sorry, not wrong one. I clicked the wrong one. To your height relative to the letters doesn't make any difference when reading Dwarven. It's a language. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like being kinkier helps you reach speak German easier. <laughs> oh, boy. I like that. Are you sure that's not true? So with your 16 on intimidation on the door, Todd, <laughs> <laughs> you shout at it for a little bit. It's still a door. Mm-hmm. Think, think back to the original Dune where they he puts the, 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 the weirding module on the first time and they have him yell at the rock to break. Uh, <laughs> very effective. Yell. And then your follow-up six on investigation will tell you that this is a large metal, heavily reinforced door that appears to be set into the wall of the central tower with a slot in the middle. What are we doing? A slot? Yeah, like a little slot. Like a keyhole or... No, it doesn't look like a keyhole. It's horizontal, for one thing. It's dead center in the door, and it's a little bit wider than a key would typically be. Like a mail slot? No, smaller than a mail slot. And with your six investigation, that's all you get. That's all I know. That's all I know. <laughs> Moving on. What else are you guys doing? Glad it's not round. <laughs> I mean, it'd be fine if it was, because that would be perfect for Moyle. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> If you guys try to have Moyle fuck your way past this door, I don't know what we're going to (laughs) do. How dare you? I I would never have sex with a door. I mean, that's almost how we got into Taliesin. Again, you would never have sex with a door again. (laughs) (laughs) When was the first time I had sex with a door? I don't know, man. You're the one who wrote your backstory. What are you guys doing? Fate was trying to go through the north door. What else was in the east room? What was your question, Eldrin? Uh, what we so there was a pool, a billiards table. There yeah, was a couple of a, t- a couple cabinet. of ratty chairs, an empty liquor cabinet, a billiards table, and absolutely nothing of interest. Move on from that okay. room. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's go to the north right. door. You guys open up the north door, and so this is this is a kitchen. It appears in much better shape than the sitting room. There, there's a, a number of long countertops and copper cookware set up throughout the kitchen. There is a pot hanging over a another, I don't say fireplace because it's not as wide. It's much more narrow. There's no fire burning or anything like that. The marble countertops look like they've been cleaned recently. Uh, this looks like a, a functional working kitchen. A small larder box in the corner it looks to be in good repair. There's a, a rack of spices and oils that kind of hangs above the stove and a door on the opposite wall from where you guys entered into the west. So I think we all know where this is headed. Fate's right in the kitchen. <laughs> Fate's excited. He's like happy, giddy, clappy. He's like, ooh. And he starts heading right over to the kitchen to go mess with the spices. Oh, yes, sir. No. Come on, man. No. You have not had the best luck with eating strange I, I, food. I didn't say he was like, eating anything. He's just checking out what's in there. Trying to see if he can spot anything of interest. Okay. You remember him being so so smart. He likes to check things out with his tongue. Rock liquor. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 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 yeah, just just for the sake of the podcast, give me a we'll say insight check, fate. All right. Uh that's an 18 on the insight, sir. You're able to take a look at the spices without tasting them and get a feel <laughs> for it. Uh, this they they appear to be a pretty standard array of cooking spices. With an 18, I'll say that and fate appears to have such a seem to have a pretty broad uh culinary experience that you recognize these as uh herbs and spices that are native to this region. It's something somebody who is a, a regular resident or lived here or who was very familiar with stilt dwarf cuisine had been preparing meals in this this kitchen regularly. And, and, I, and I will say everything seems fairly well tended. You know, it's not fancy. It's all serviceable copper cookware. But the, you know, you can tell that as you draw them out of the block, the knives have been freshly sharpened. That is exactly what I was about to ask. Is, is there any cutlery available? Yeah, there's a, there's a knife block with a standard okay, uh, butcher's so knife gentlemen? and filleting knife. And, um, Gentlemen, um, just want to say that, you know, should we manage to make it back out of this tower alive and in good health, I'll be reclaiming everything in this kitchen as long as we make it out of here alive. What? I don't think you can call dibs on stealing. I just did. Dibs. I don't, <laughs> I don't think you can call dibs. Wait, is there a meat hammer? Give me an investigation <clears throat> check, Moyle. Another one? Another one. It's probably going to be another one. Is that what they're called? 
Meat hammers? Meat hammer sounds like something else that I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> My porn name, meat hammer. If you guys try and get Moyle to fuck your way out of his kitchen, I don't. No, no, no. Uh, he's he's got to get the meat hammer from the kitchen to go in the circle thing in the door in the front. So with a 14 mile, yes, you can find a meat tenderizing mallet, which is a, it's a standard wooden handle into a, a block of marble that's textured, want uh, to be a little bit a little bit spiky on one side, but yes, you can find a marble meat tenderizing mallet. You almost said meat mallet, didn't you? Meat mallet. The meat tenderizing mallet. <laughs> A device <laughs> for pounding the meat. <laughs> I will be cleaning that. Put it in my bag of hammers. <laughs> Man, there's a lot of thieves going on here. Well, if one person's thieving, then we're all thieving, yeah. <laughs> and so I'll open the the other door in the kitchen. To the to the west? The, yeah. Yes. Okay. So this is a dining room and where the kitchen looked like it was really taken care of and that sitting room looked like it was completely run down. This would be somewhere in the middle. A long dining table sits in the the center of the wedge, basically with eight chairs around it, one on each end and then three on each side. The, the table and chair at the north end of the table look to be in good condition. The draperies and the kind of the cushions and the other chairs don't look like they've been as well taken care of. There is a hutch in the back corner that holds a collection and kind of clattering pile of what looks like it might have once been fine china, but now is uh, mostly broken and cracked and chipped. But there do appear to be three serviceable place settings that look to be in good condition that have been kind of kept and, and tucked into the, the corner. What all are the place settings made up of? Like, what is it? Full place setting? Yeah, it's a yeah, it's a full full place setting of a bone china and eating utensils that appear. I mean, look silver. If you want to do a investigation check, you to see if you know if it's real silver or if it's just plated. I'll I'll let you bite into it or bend it or whatever you want to do to see if you get a feel for it's real silver. No, I don't care. Baba doesn't care. Can I check out the table and see if there's anything remarkable about that? Yeah, yeah, uh, give me a roll. Nothing really leaps out at you other than the obvious kind of obvious fact that that the northern end of the table and that northern chair have been taken care of. And if someone were using this, it would just be one person who's basically keeping their little area nice, but who haven't paid any attention to the rest of the room and have kind of let it fall into disrepair. So there's clearly someone here or somewhere in this building or there was at some point there was. If you guys think back to the conversation that you had with the Mercantile Guild representative, you remember that the trouble began with the lighthouse shortly after it was automated. I'm removing the need for a lighthouse keeper. So if there is someone here, it's not, it, there really shouldn't be. There's a squatter in here. Fate firebomb this room. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I will be doing no such thing. What? I thought that was, that was your thing. What? We're going right to firebombing, though? Uh, look around a little bit more. That's that's kind of my thing. I just, I'm about that action. I'm about that action, boss. I mean, I didn't, I didn't see you kick it. I didn't see you kicking any doors. <laughs> what? Did you not hear me yell at these doors? It's not kicking. You went, you waved hands and said whoosh. <laughs> Todd does an athletic check to flip this table. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there a thick layer of dust or anything that would indicate that anyone has actually been living here and that it wasn't just abandoned? Uh, give me a perception check. That's a solid 18. Yeah, you can, you, you, there's not like tracks through the dust, but yeah, you can absolutely see that the northern portion of the room uh, appears to have been tidied. You know, yeah, I mean, so you, if you look down at the armoire, three quarters of it is covered with a pretty thick layer of dust and there's some cobwebs, but where those operable place settings are, somebody's clearly dusted it off and, and wiped it down. So to keep their stuff clean, you can see from the kind of the tracks and the carpet that somebody's definitely been sitting and using that, that northernmost chair. But based on from what you're seeing, you would again you would guess that one person has been has been using this room hey get out here uh todd i believe you were going to roll an athletic check to flip the table <laughs> yes i have I, was, I, was, I had other thing another plan but first things first please don't go feel. Uncle Phil. 
God oh, damn it. Oh, my God. <laughs> you goddamn right I did. You goddamn right I did. Time goes to flip the table. Now, normally when somebody flips a table, they come at it horizontally from the wide part. But Todd <laughs> is coming at it from the narrow end. So he strolls up, kicks the chair that's been used out of the way, and straight fucking head over ass ends this table to where it comes straight up in the air, flips over, and lands legs up. With a loud, wow. crashing shudder, it kind of pushes yeah. out a gust of wind that stirs the dust up in the room that then billows around you guys a little bit. So now you all have a thin little bit of a layer of dust on you. But it, let's be honest, that was impressive. <laughs> you got damn right. That just that's to show if anyone is living here that this is my house now. See that's what, that's what that does right there. You you no one's watching you. No one wants to live here, Todd. You have no clue. I'm I'm the captain now. You have no clue. But when you go into someone's house and you just start flipping tables, that's your house now. And they know that. No, that means they'll never be invited back, Todd. <laughs> they know that. I don't have to be invited back in my house. Is that like a bill of sale? You just flip the table and you own that is how it works. <laughs> Todd, I mean, originally, it was Bernadette's bounty hunting and realty services, but Todd uh, <laughs> put the kibosh off that after a couple of, I flip the table, I own it now transactions, <laughs> which is why they had to go into catering. Yeah. Yeah. Oh so, uh, I, I also want to do an investigation check on the fireplace that was in the room we first started. That's yeah, probably we, a good idea. Yeah, we kind of just... Uh, well, can we can we go through the close... The, yeah, yeah uh, you guys can open it up. Yeah, and, yeah none of these... None of these were locked. Yeah, so you guys have made now a full circle around the the outer rooms <laughs> of that central tower um, and are kind of back looking at the fireplace. Moyle, how long does your daylight spell last? Uh, my daylight spell lasts 60 feet. Then how far does it go? It goes one hour. Okay. So, <laughs> your your daylight spell is still cranking. Then a man's All making right. a castle run. All right. So I'm not I'm not going to make you guys roll for investigation on the logs. Quite frankly, they look fake. When you you're going to pick them up, they have the regular heft of a log. They have the same texture as a log would have. I mean, they feel like a real log, but they're all completely the same exact diameter, the same exact width, the same exact texture. It's like if somebody took a single perfectly cut fire log and copy and pasted it six times. That's what you would have. These these look man manufactured in some way. Will it fit in the hole? Damn it. No, it's entirely too big for the hole. That's what she said. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> <laughs> So wait, did, we don't know anything. We need, hey, say hey, smart guy. Let's figure out what was causing these logs to produce these these shadow creatures. What, what, what was it? You should know, smart guy. So you want me to try and deduce the magics that was causing the fireplace to create shadows? Listen, you do what you do, smart guy. I flip <laughs> tables, you read books. You know, I just feel like this is actually the closest I'm going to get to a compliment from, from Todd. So, you know what? I'm just going to allow it. At least he's not calling you nerd. Fate's going to actually try and pull out a book and see what he can learn or see if he's heard of any magics that could be uh, producing this. Give me an arcana check then. That's a 20. Look up. That is a 20. You pick the logs up, kind of rotate them around in between the grain on the logs. You know how a, a an oak branch will have that raised bark texture in the in the crevices between that oak bark. You can see some arcane formula kind of chiseled into it. Now, illusions not typically your cup of tea fate but this appears to be a nodding of illusion and uh, necromancy that was tying the light manipulation to the summoning of these shadow creatures that could sap your strength at which point due to your reduced strength the log starts to cause your arms to burn and you have to drop it because you are very very weak right what's now what's your strength at right now it's at six it's a minus two Bonfire. These logs were constructed when placed in a specific configuration and lit on fire to generate a light that would cause the shadows to animate and not turn into undead, but to have the properties of wraiths and shadows. Because that's what it was. You had There were four shadows and one kind of beefier wraith. Gosh, gosh, gosh. Okay. And it does, it does stand out that that wraith was Baba's shadow for some reason. 
as if the necromancy almost had a little bit more weight with his projection. Weird. Mm. All right. Well, I relay all that information to all of you guys. There. Now we've all learned something. Have we figured out how to open this other door? I want to investigate the fireplace to see if there's any switches, buttons. The one thing you do notice right away, no chimney. Mm-hmm. And when you think about it, you guys never really saw any smoke coming off of that fire. Even when you poured the water on it to douse it out, that didn't produce like a cloud of steam or a cloud of smoke. It just tampened the, the enchantment for a second before it kicked back in because the logs were still in their configuration. Moyle, have you tried to open that main door? No, I've been following you guys around the whole time. Has anyone tried to open the door? I mean, I yelled at it. Is there, there's no handle. It, it just there's a slot and that's it. I mean, you just has anybody pushed, pushed it? That's that's a fair question. No. <laughs> Without hinges, I don't think pushing it is working. It probably slides through the yeah, wall. I will, I will give like, you that you guys from from even with Todd's bunk investigation roll that it appears to slide in a direction into the frame. Trigger pressure plates in some any of these rooms. Uh, there's four rooms, maybe a pressure plate in all four rooms. Uh, nope, it has everything to do with that slot, and there was a clue on the bottom of the rug that fate incinerated with his fireball. <sighs> and I'm only telling you that so you'll start fucking with the slot. That's what she said. Instead of walking around in circles all day. Yeah, instead of walking around in circles. <laughs> uh, um, hey, Moyle, do you still have that hammer? Oh, I'm going to stick a spear in it. We're pretty deep in the innuendo bank, but tip or shaft? <laughs> tip. Got to tip, tip it. So it, it goes in a little bit. Uh, and oh, no. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Wait, what? What is going in there? <laughs> so Baba inserts his tip into the slot. <laughs> Vaseline or no Vaseline? No, I think I think it's a it's a no lube situation. But so the, the slot is... Thicker than the spear tip, but not as wide. The spear tip would go in about half an inch, Bob, before kind of clanging against the edge of it. But it's got some some play up and down. So too small for like a hand. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely too small for a hand. It does feel like there's some some space in behind the slot for something to be put in it. All right, I'm going. I'm going with. I'm going with Echo. I'm going with my grow sword. I'm sticking my grow sword in there. I back up, I back up and, and let him go. Please oh don't. no, the grow sword is growing. Wow. <laughs> once, once, once inside the slot, wow. I'm filling the walls out. <laughs> Echo goes. Excuse me. What? Um, what? What do you? What do you think you're doing? Uh, well, I, I can't. There's the slot. That's. I'm sorry. I thought I was your magical sword. Are we? Are you? Are you trying to break me? No. No. Do I have I have I told you that I can cut through metal? You you've never you haven't told me that. I don't know what you think you're doing. Insert blue chew act. We are going to have a serious talk later about boundaries and priorities. <laughs> well, I've got guys. I've got a sword that cuts through metal. Can should I try that? No, I don't cut you through don't. metal. I just said I what? don't. I said I. I told you. Have I told you sarcastically? Have I that I can cut? Through? I can't cut through metal. I'm oh. learning new things about you every. Maybe if day. you spend a little bit more time talking to me, you would find out even more about. <laughs> can me. you cut through metal? <laughs> but no, you're running around here hitting other people with other swords that you think are just as important as I am, and. Again, I don't think that's fair. I called out to you in the fields of, you know what? I'm just, I'm going back into my sheath. Can we overhear this? No, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is audible. This is not (laughs) telepathic. Baggy, can you believe this relationship? I know, Moyle. It seems a little codependent. (laughs) That you guys could not hear. (laughs) (laughs) We didn't hear Moyle talk to Baggy. Do we hear him talk to Baggy, though? (laughs) You do hear Moyle talk to Baggy. You do not hear Baggy's response. (laughs) <laughs> Who the hell are you talking to? Uh, I'm I'm uh, just looking for which hammer is best to. Don't tell them, Moyle. I'm, I'm just looking for which hammer is best the for drugs, man. Knocking down this door, uh, two two handed. Me. Everybody, give me an insight check. <laughs> okay, this is gonna go great. Wait, we have yes. advantage on insight checks against I each other now. Not against each other. You're doing insight against the goddamn door at this point. Oh, okay. Crit. I know what goes in the hole. (laughs) (laughs) As you're rattling your tip around in the slot, (laughs) stirring it up a little bit, you you realize, wait a minute, this isn't a, the size of a spear. 
This is the size possibly of a coin. Oh. So I stick a silver piece in. It clinks down to the bottom and nothing happens. Oh, you're just losing money. Is this a a jukebox? Mm. (laughs) I stick a gold piece in. The door slides open. (laughs) Uh, It's a toll? You got to pay the troll toll. (laughs) Oh, no. Your character sheet better represent that. I did. I have plenty of money. Uh, <laughs> Moyle is, is incredibly cheap. <laughs> you, you don't say. solve my shadow puzzle real quick gang just want to pop in and talk a little bit about our patreon we are continuing to produce the video pvp tournament the tournament of champions where the guys go head to head against each other for bragging rights and a trophy or if enough patrons sign up a championship belt We've got a cool survival challenge and then some tag team stuff coming up down the road on that side. Our Supernatural rewatch, review, and D&D homebrew podcast is on its fifth episode. At this point, we will have created two or three monsters, a full-blown adventure scenario, and and a cursed item, which can act as an encounter on its own or a story hook. When you support at the level that opens up that content, not only do you get the actual podcast episodes, but you get the DM notes and the write-up that back that up as well. We've got more stuff coming down the pipe with the streaming content for Twitch. That is just some of the stuff that we are producing right now. As more patrons come on board, we'll continue to expand that offering with additional swag. And just to let you know, every dime of that support goes right back into the podcast to improve not only how we record, but to allow us to offer cooler stuff for our listeners and our supporters down the road. And if you are a current patron, we absolutely, sincerely appreciate your support. You guys are our core crew right now, have been providing some fantastic feedback, and we really appreciate the engagement. And hey, look, if you're not able to support financially right now, we absolutely understand. It's It's been a really weird time for, for all of us. You can still help out the party. Tell somebody about the show. Friend, family, coworker, that word of mouth absolutely makes a huge difference to help get this podcast into a few more ear holes and get a little more Todd, Moyle, Eldrin, Fate, and Baba out into everybody's lives. Thanks so much for your time. Hope you enjoyed the show. Mm-hmm.